So welcome to the first in our series of live shows. Earlier this year, it really hit me how many people and how much we're getting impacted by everything that's going on. Whether it's the number of people that I see post who are losing, who, like who no longer have work, um, through to people who still have work, but the conditions that we're operating in, wherever we are, are getting more and more challenging. From the moment that I created Culturevist, it's always been about a network, a network of culture activists. It's about the community. And I felt as though this is an opportunity for our community to energize each other. The, the cultivist community that we have is like full of uh, like beautifully diverse perspectives. We're each working on influence on our culture in our different contexts. And what works for one of us in one team in one company won't necessarily work for another, but we can learn so much. We can share what we're trying, what we're learning, what doesn't work and what others could take away from it. We know that there's not just one way of doing things. Things can be complicated, complex and messy. Things so often happen in cycles, like day goes to night to day. Some of us who have been working for decades have seen similar themes emerge and re-emerge over time. Like every decision that we make at work will have trade-offs and compromises, whichever option you choose. And what I might love, someone else might not. So this series is an opportunity for us. Our vision is that we inspire each other by sharing what, we're, what we've tried to influence our company's culture and develop our own well-being. In arranging this series, I've been really fortunate that um, we've got a list of some amazing guests. It's an experiment. We're gonna go every day from Monday to Thursday at this time, and we're gonna try different formats. Some of them will go deep on a particular topic. Others will be a, an activity. So for example, on Wednesday, we're doing a guided meditation with Yoga Nidra. And others, we're having conversa conversations, chats with people in the network. And that's what we have today. And I'd like to welcome our guest. Hello, so to begin, um, could you introduce yourself to people watching? Hi everyone, happy Monday. Uh, so my name is Jihan Hyde, and I specialize in employee advocacy and change communications, specifically when it comes to cultural, and digital change. I've been working in internal communications for the past nine years now. And in total, I have worked in eight sectors, six countries, and with 45 nationalities. And yes, I actually had to dot down all the nationalities so I can get this data correctly. I am an avid rower but an excellent 
capsizer. I capsize practically every week. And it's not because of my lack of techniques or anything. I'm just busy talking to the fishermen at the banks of the, of the river and, and, and tangled into their <laughs> fishing rods. Um, I love speaking to strangers. So if you do get someone speaking to you on the bus or in the, in the shop, that probably would be me. So yes, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and could you share your journey, like the story to what led you working in company, in influencing company culture? Um, so that's a funny story, actually. I don't think we've discussed this before with you. Uh, Matt, I don't think you actually know this. I was first introduced to company culture through culturebists. And I remember very very clearly when I attended your um, sessions way back in 2014. And it just baffled me. It made me realize how important organizational culture is to the success of a company. And it's purely, I was never introduced to it before because my background is marketing and advertising. And I've worked for at least 10 years in this sector. So I was always outface. I was focused outface um, in, instead of focusing inwards. Um, and it was through your sessions that I realized that culture is the beautiful, unique identity of an organization that is extremely complex and it could not be replicated from one organization to the other. And the way it's governed or guided it's guided by its purpose and the reputation but not only that it also made me realize how important it is to get the right talent and to understand how employees speak about you as a company internally and externally and understand what shareholders and external audiences think of you as a brand and to me, that was amazing. And ever since then, I've been working in cultural change projects. So thanks to you, I am who I am now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, every guest has to be like that. Um, yeah. um, we must have diversity. Um, so, yeah, so given that story, could you share a an example or of your work sure yes um i think one of the examples was with when i when i was when i joined a FTSE 100 company and this company wanted to change the mindset of its employees to make them understand that to protect the company from un, from any compliance related scandals or um, ethics related scandals. It's the role of each and every employee and not just a certain department within this organization. In other words, everyone needs to protect the house. But how do you do that though? So how, what, does, what does it mean to protect the organization from a scandal or from any wrongdoings? 
So for me to achieve that, I needed to embed the key messages of, and the behaviors associated with this new mindset in each and every touch point within the employee experience and journey, starting from onboarding and ending with offboarding. So for, to give you an example, if you are now being interviewed by this company, one of your interview's questions will be around compliance. And then if you get successful and join the company, one of the activities that you'll be doing on your onboarding sessions with the group is a group activity around compliance and protecting the company. And if you are about to do your annual appraisal reviews, one of the objectives that you'll need to meet is how and to, is to demonstrate how did you protect the company. So as you can see, we made a point that it's within every touch point. And for me to achieve that, I had to work very closely with several departments, including HR, digital, or technology, as they called it. And of course, without a doubt, the function employee communications teams. The way I measure my campaigns in general, one of the ways I measure my campaigns in general is through employee advocacy, which is very close to my heart. I do that by understanding what employees are saying about the company externally, how are they saying it, and in which channels are saying it, and also understanding how do the employees apply the behaviors within the company and using the internal social medias. By doing so, I get a feel of, did I say, of if, if I have succeeded or not. And I'm very happy to report that it was a very successful campaign. Thank you for sharing that example. And then if we consider like the current context we're operating in, as, um, as time passes with uh, COVID, how do you see, um, how do you see company culture evolving over time? That's a deep question, Matt. Uh, <laughs> um, company cultures are and will be shifting. And I wrote, a, I wrote a, an article on LinkedIn about it. And, I'm, and the reason it will be shifting, whether we like it or not, is because at this moment of time, the organization, small or large, are going through three different crises. Number one is the pandemic, which is a health-related crisis. Number two is the economical crisis. And number three is the racial crisis or racial injustice crisis fueled by the recent, unfortunately, the recent events in the US. So a company for them to survive, they need to understand how do they need to operate differently to cope with these three crises. And one of the ways will be to change its business model to, to cope and the ways of working. So to give you an example, Dropbox, the company, decided that they will be extending their working from home scheme until, 2000, until June 2021. Netflix, 
because they've understood the importance of well-being and the importance of working from home, they've extended their paid leave to 52 weeks. In my opinion, the three aspects that we will see contributing to the culture shift will be team dynamics, purpose of the office, and employee voice. And what do I mean by that? Team dynamics. Because the business models are going to change to cope in this day and age, and new ways of working will be adapted which would, would be an example of that would be agile working. And to do that, you need to work faster, leaner, more creative, and, more, and becoming more collaborative and transparent. This will mean that employees will no longer be responsible for a task, but rather they'll be accountable for tasks. And this will give them empowerment to really think outside of the box. So I see it as a positive. And the way I explain it, responsibility will, over, will be replaced with accountability. And in that sense, the team dynamics will change. And all of this is facilitated by the digital tools that the companies are currently adapting internally. The second thing is employee voice. Employees right now expect that their companies or their employers be purposeful and add value to the society, and especially Gen Z. It would, and because of the digital channels that have been introduced recently to the companies, and because of the recent events, employee voice is going to be even louder. And I see this as a great opportunity for internal comms to really hone and, 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 and increase employee engagement and advocacy within a company. The third will be the purpose of the office. Again, companies are now looking into should they have an office, should they have offices or not? And if they do have offices, what would be the purpose? And research has shown, showed us that 70% of global workforce don't want to go to the office. So again, there'll be a, a, a massive mindset change whereby line managers will need to empower their employees and forget presenteeism. And then focus on, on trusting their employees to deliver based on output, outcomes and not outputs. And, and the office, will be a place just for teams to come together once, maybe a week, twice if they want, whereby they will innovate, collaborate, and network. So no desks, no, um, no screens, pure collaboration areas. And this is how I think the culture will change. It's, a, <laughs> it's just some of these things you mentioned, I, really, I want to like go deep on, so for example, like accountability, um, gosh, we could like really understand because it's a term that's so often used. I wonder how, like, what is? It's probably a bit like culture. People have different interpretations or understanding of like what is it and how do you achieve it. Um, yes. So yeah, maybe in a future session. Um, okay, so if we've 
looks at the company if we now kind of look converge more to the individuals if um what advice would you give someone who is looking to influence their company's culture oh take a deep breath because it will take time <laughs> company culture is not easily changed but I read this book that really influenced the way I work and I support the change of a culture within an organization. The book is by S. Chris Edwards, and it's called The Culture Engine. And basically, the first thing I personally do, and I've been doing this now for the past eight years, first thing I do is I sit with the leadership team in a very relaxed manner, and I just ask them a very simple question. As individuals, what are your purpose? In other words, what is your mission statement? Why do you wake up in the morning? Once I get the answer, I then move on to the second question, which is, what are your values? So what makes you you, basically? And what behaviors do you do to live the values? To give you an example, if someone tells me my value, one of my values is curiosity or um, eternal knowledge, for example, or constant knowledge, the behavior that would come with that could be reading two books a month. So as you can see, I'm, 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 get, I'm taking an intangible statement and associating it with a tangible, measurable behavior. Once I get this, and once I help them flex that muscle, because it is a muscle flexing exercise, I then take it a step further. And I say, okay, we've done yours. Let's talk about the organization now that you're leaving. What do you think of the current values? And what do you think are the behaviors that would be associated with these values? And by the way, Matt, Sometimes I actually found that some of my leadership teams had different values and organization that they're leaving. And I had to take the bold move and say to them, gently of course, that that's not going to work because it will show it, that they're not authentic and it will show in the way they communicate that they're not sincere because they don't really believe it. So what I do is I try to link their values with the company's values and see if there's a middle ground so that at least when they are communicating, they're convincing. Sincerity for me is very important. What I, and then after I do that, I then sense check these values and these purpose and the purpose with, my, with the line managers who to me, they are the most important audience because they are the conduits to the rest of the organization. And believe it or not, Line managers don't have a problem communicating. Some of them actually do like to communicate. But the problem that they're facing is that, and this is sometimes our mistake as internal comms, is that we just bombard them with information without explaining to them where this information came from and expect them to live and breathe everything we tell them. So I don't do that. I sense check it with my line managers. I then identify who my blockers, who are my enablers, and who are my champions. And then based on that, I write my strategy. 
the plan and then execute it. Uh, and this would be my advice. Start with, start small with personal purpose and values and then go big. And that would give you a light to follow and a direction for you to get to where you want to get. And utilize, of course, the line managers. You did it again. You got me thinking about like the balance of like authenticity and like you've got to be true but like in the alignment of values and then like the the idea of faking it till you're making it and like <laughs> where is that overlap that's like another another one to go deep on i think um and now from advice through to you so for your well-being what well-being habits do you have uh, so my habits are, I think, will be a bit different than your normal answer. So I, the normal answer would be exercising, reading, um, I don't know, uh, walking. For me, it's mentoring. The way I become happier and the way I really feel healthy is when I mentor. So I'm currently mentoring young professionals who are, who are either in communications or about to enter the communications world, albeit all type of cons. And because my personal purpose is, and it took me 15 years, by the way, to figure out what my purpose was. So it's not an easy thing. My purpose in life is to make people feel valued and heard. Hence, my work in internal comms. But when I do that with my mentees and when I help them achieve what they're trying to achieve and I see the smile and the happiness in them, that euphoria translates into me and I feel the same. And to me, this is where I'm extremely happy and I feel extremely healthy. And that would be my tip. If you haven't tried mentoring and you think that you don't know anything about it, look it up and give it a shot. Because there are some people out there who do need your help. So yes, that, that would be my advice. And who are you inspired by? Oh, so I'm inspired by so many people. There's so many inspiring people out there. So many. But for the purpose of this session or chat, I would say my mentees. They're amazing, Matt. They are absolutely amazing. The resilience on, on those people. They have such resilience, such strength, such creativity that every time I hang up with, from their sessions, I just sit back and I was like, oh my God, I've learned so much. And I tell them that, I say to them, I'm learning more from you than I would ever learn from any learning or, and development channels. So they are my inspiration, I have to admit. And I'm very proud of them. Well, it becomes mutual mentoring. Yes, yes, it becomes, exactly. A reverse mentoring, in, in, in other words, yeah. 
Okay, um, yeah, so that, now I've got a list of so many things I want to go on, but we're going to end it here. So um, if people would like to connect with you or follow up on anything they've heard, how could they get in touch with you? So I'm very active on LinkedIn under Jihan Hyde. So please, if you do have any questions, if you do have any, uh, if you need just a sounding board, please get in touch. More than happy to answer as many questions as you have. Great. I'll put a link to your profile in under the video too. Thank you. And it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure, Matt, to be in this, having this chat. So thank you very much for this. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yes, it enjoys me. Um, so we'll be back tomorrow and Monday through Thursday. Um, so yeah, we'll see you then. Thank you very much. Take care.